2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 14. So the Bible says, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And with the help of the Lord, I would like to preach a thought of a message. And brethren, I didn't, this is something that the Lord laid on my heart. I didn't get this off the internet and praise God for the internet. It's always a catch-all. You can learn stuff. But the Lord laid this on our heart. I'd like to preach on the thought of a message going all in. Going all in. But first, do you want to hear a joke about paper? Never mind, it's terrible. Oh, anyway. In Greek mythology, there is a man named Achilles. Now, if thought in Greek mythology is just stories and war, stories about war and about culture and about gods. Well, there's a story about the greatest of all Greek warriors. And his name was Achilles. He couldn't be stopped. He was invulnerable in battle in the Trojan War. Because, now this is a, it's a fable, right? It's mythology. But because his mother dipped him in this magic river. It was called the River Styx. S-T-Y-X. And she dipped him in this river when he was an infant to give him his invulnerability as a warrior. But she held him by his heel. Didn't want to drop the baby in there, right? So she held him by his heel so there was one part of his body that did not get dipped in this invulnerability river. And later, as the mythology goes, a man, this was a man, not a woman, a man named Paris shot and killed this warrior by shooting him with an arrow, where? In his heel. And even today, we call it the Achilles heel, right? The Achilles tendon. And it means if you have a weak point, especially in someone who is otherwise strong. And see, with that, in many cases, the way that it is in life, and it's all good except for this Achilles heel, or except for this point, or this thing. What I want to exhort you today to do is to go all in. To dip yourself where there's nothing sticking out, but going all the way down. The Bible says that there is a man who is a great man. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, let me tell you, the Word of God is not a fable. The Word of God is not a story. The Word of God is history. You know, there's still a nation called Israel over there. You know what's an amazing thing? Have you ever looked at geography? It's surrounded by people that do not like them. <laughs> they really do not like them. And you know what? They're still there, aren't they? Oh, it's because America gives them military funding. Brethren, no, it's not. It's because God keeps that country open. This little dot in the Middle East, and yet God keeps it there. 
to preserve the historical relevance of the word of God. You know that there's not a lot of Hittites walking around or parasites walking around New York City, but you can find some Jews. The Jews are still there from this historical record. We know that God's word is true. And you know what the Bible says? Let God be true. And every man a liar. You know that a lot of people, well, let's look at Naaman. It says he was the captain of the host of the king of Syria. A great man with his master and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. Sounds backwards, doesn't it? Given his own people into the hands of the enemy. He was also a mighty man of valor. He was honorable. But he was also a leper. He had an Achilles heel, didn't he? He had a point that he couldn't get over with all of his working and all of his battles. You know, the Bible says that leprosy is likened unto something called sin. It's something called sin. And the first thing I would like to look at is going all in to God's promises. Going all in to God's promises. You know, the Bible says that God has exceeding great and precious promises. Some have counted the promises of God. I haven't gone through, but I've read about it. And I've seen numbers like in the, like a thousand promises. And some of them are duplicates in the word of God. But there are so many promises. Have you ever picked up a chocolate chip cookie? Because that's the only kind, right? And you count. I do. If it's a chocolate chip cookie with like one chocolate chip, it's not even worth putting in your mouth. <laughs> unless you just eat the little piece with the chocolate chip in it. I like to see so many chocolate chips that there's like a little bit of cookie around the chocolate chips. You know, the word of God is not one promise in the word of God, but God is his word is full of promises. They're exceeding, they're great, they're precious, and brethren, they're plural. And you see that Naaman found out that there was a prophet that could cure this leprosy. There was a prophet that was greater than his military greatness because he ascribed his power to God. You know, a lot of people, they won't understand this, but uh, you know that you know, have you ever heard someone say, the first thing we need to get God's promises, and Naaman found this out, we need an attitude that's correct. In order to get God's promises, the Bible said that uh, when Naaman came, Naaman came to the prophet, and Elisha didn't even greet this military warrior. He sent someone out. Just sent his like boy out there, you know, his servant. He sent a messenger to him, and he said, Go wash in the Jordan seven times. Go all in seven times. And thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And Naaman was angry. The Bible said he was wroth. You don't treat me like that. I'm somebody. And he went away. So he turned around and left. And he said, behold, I thought, you know, isn't that our attitude? But it should have been this way. He will surely come out to me. I thought the man of God was going to come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place. 
and recover the leper. So he had a problem with the way that the prophet was going to do it. He had the problem with the person. He had a problem with the messenger. And then he had a problem with the river. He said, are not Abana and Far Far, rivers of Damascus, Syrian rivers, my, home, my hometown rivers, aren't they better than these old nasty waters of Jordan and Israel? And that's not exactly what he said, but that was his attitude, right? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away, and then the Bible said, went in a rage. And the Bible said that one of his servants came near and said, hey, wait a second, wait a second. My father, and gave him that obeisance, right? And said, if the prophet had bid thee do something great, wouldst thou not have done it? You know, if you had to conquer a, 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 a nation, or if you had to give a great sum of money, wouldn't you have done that? And then he, the, the servant said, Wouldest thou not have done it? Much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. If you can do something great, you can do something small with great heart. You know that that first thing we need to get in our lives to get the promises of God is to approach God with the right attitude. And you know, I'm thankful that there's a lot of people that I don't think they come to God and they don't realize it's not the argument. It's the attitude. Have you ever heard someone say, well, if God's so real, why is there so much evil in the world? Hmm. Well, let me tell you why. That argument is not an argument against God. Have you ever heard someone say that? You know, that's actually an argument against atheism. Let me explain why. If there's no God, there's no good. If there's no good, there's no evil. It's just your opinion, my opinion, and everyone else's billion opinions. And so if there is evil in the world, it means, if you ever heard someone say, well, the world's not supposed to be like this. Hmm. So if there's a way the world is supposed to be, huh, wouldn't that mean that there's a creator with a bunch of rules on how it's Supposed to be because if there's no God who says the world should be any kind of way again It's just opinions. So if there's evil in the world, which there is brethren There's good in the world and let me tell you there's a good God when he made this world He looked and he said "Mm, That's good and then he did that and he said that's good and then he looked at everything that he did and he said man it was very good and when Jesus came and redeemed mankind on the cross what was he saying it is finished God I've taken the bad and I've made it good because Jesus came to save us with the right attitude to give us all the promises of God you know this morning the reason that I'm here is because Jesus came before me with the right attitude you know that uh, there's a song may all who come behind us find us faithful may they look at our attitude and see that we approach the promises of God the right way have you ever done the right thing in the wrong way hey honey can you do the dishes I'll do the dishes that's not the right attitude Mm. he went away because he thought it should have been a different way when what God does so many times is God is dealing with our pride and God is dealing with our, uh, sometimes we'll get so much in a hurry, we need to slow down. Sometimes God will just make you slow down. And I'm thankful, sometimes God will get you to a place where you have to confront what's really going on, our attitude. 
Have you ever had an attitude? Well, what about if I give, if I give my life to God? How, how is it going to work out? And how is it going to, how am I going to pay my bills? And what about my family? That's the spirit of fear. When I was in the Marine Corps, we, we would do some boxing. And I, I'd like to tell you today, I, I will declare I am not a boxer. Okay, I am not a boxer. But we were trained for a good 30 minutes in boxing. And then they put us in and uh, one with another. And we got to box in the Marine Corps. So uh, they put the headgear on and they put the gloves on and they taught us one back, two back. And that was about it, okay? And so then they put you in the ring with some other dude. A close ring where you couldn't dodge around, no run like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You just threw punches at the other guy's head, okay? And so they would call for people. I don't know if you remember this, but they would call for people. You'd all be suited up. And they'd say, give me somebody. Give me a recruit. And so I remember I came up and I said, I had my mouthpiece in and everything, and I had my, my gloves up. You know, I was 140 pounds of, well, you'll, you'll see. So I came up, and I said to the drill instructor, I'm ready. And he looked at me, he said, get out of here, you're not ready. <laughs> and I thought about that. What did that man see? He saw the fear in my eyes. Because let me tell you, if you've been hit upside the head a few times, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't want to get hit in the face. But guess what? That's what happened a bunch of times. Uh, but he saw the fear in my eyes and he knew that that spirit of fear was not going to achieve victory. But God, the Bible said, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. If we're going to get the promises of God, we got to look past what may be and say, God, I'm giving everything to you and I'm trusting that you're going to work it out. I don't have to understand it. I just have to have the right attitude and go all in. Let me tell you, I've gone all in. I've served the Lord for some years, you know, sometimes in bad and sometimes in good attitudes. But God is faithful. Let me tell you, God is faithful. And he said, preacher, but God will lead you through some hard times. Oh, yeah. But he'll lead you through the hard times. I was uh, joking today. I said, I ain't going to church. Just pick me up tonight at 6.30. My wife's like, well, you won't make the night service either. (laughs) And then my daughter, she goes, okay, daddy, uh, do we get to go anyway? (laughs) She didn't care, right? She's going to church. She doesn't go to church for me. My wife doesn't go to church for me. And I was just joking. I was actually frustrated because I couldn't get out of the house, right? You ever face that? You couldn't get out, and then I forgot something. I had to go back, and it wasn't anyone's fault. I couldn't blame anybody. It was just my fault. Amen. No fair, right? So, preacher, but I'm single. But then you just have to blame yourself, right? Talk to yourself in a negative manner. I can't believe I let myself do this, right? But so we had to go back and came back, and then I talked to my daughter. I said, honey... When has daddy ever missed church? He goes, when we were going to the church conference, I said, right, but we were a thousand miles away from the church. My legs aren't that long. Okay, yes, we did miss church because we were going to church. <laughs> but she was right. But I said to my, 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 my wife said, no, even when I was on crutches, what'd you do? I hopped to church. I set my crutches there and I just held myself up. Why? I'm going to church. I have to hop. I'm going to hop. 
If I got to hop up the stairs, I'm going to hop up the stairs. But I'm going to hop to church, hop to the altar, hop to his promises. And if I got to, I'm going to hop all the way to heaven. Because God wants me to be all in. And I believe that God let me go through that. I wouldn't take it back. Say, you want your body to break down? Absolutely not. But if God wants me to go through something to trust him more, brethren, I want to go through it so I can come through on the other side. Because you see, when you can trust his promises, then the second thing, we go all in, we can trust his plan. We can trust his plan. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a plan that works. You know, there's diet plans out there. You know what diet plan works? Pretty much all of them. <laughs> the cabbage diet works? Yes, but your house will stink. Ask me how I know, okay? We used to have this big thing of cabbage cooking. It's the cabbage diet. I mean, of all diets. Let me, let me go on the donut diet, okay? I guess you could eat the holes out of the donuts, right? And you wouldn't have any right? <laughs> You probably look like a donut, right? You, amen. So, <laughs> amen. That's terrible. You just got it? Oh, okay. That's terrible. That was my second terrible joke. Amen. You know that the plan of God works as long as you do it. When we repent of our sin, it works. There was a man of God. He, he later became a great man of God, and I'm not exactly sure who it was. I heard this. Uh, a man preaching say this. So he went up to a successful man of God and things were working for this successful man of God. And he, he said, he said, he said, how are you so successful? And he said, the man of God looked at him and he said, have you given everything to God? And the man who asked the question said, yes. And the Holy Ghost spoke to the man and said, you're lying. Woo! You know, we can say all kinds of things. Well, what happened? He shared that he kind of realized, maybe I haven't gone all in. Maybe I haven't repented of something. Maybe I haven't laid something on the altar. You see, God's plan works. And God's plan works through the preaching of the word. The Bible said that the uh, man, Naaman, he changed his attitude. He said, you know what? If I'm going to go, I'm going to do it all the way. It didn't say he grumbled. It said he went. I like that. It said in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, then went he down. He just made up his mind. You ever have your mind just made up and you just did it? I'm just going to read my Bible today. Guess what? You're going to have a crazy day. You make up your mind to read your Bible? I'm going to just pray today. Guess what? You're going to have an interesting day. Why? Because God's going to see if you're really going all in. Well, I'm going to church. Welcome to some fun times. He said, preacher, but things don't work out. No, but things are working out together. God's beginning to help you grow. God's beginning to help you deal with those things that go crazy when your car won't start. Like it happened to me. I told my wife, don't mess with my car anymore. When you start it, it doesn't work. It freezes up. I'm just kidding. Not really, but no, anyway. So my car wouldn't start. Was it a couple weeks ago? It was me first? Yeah, okay. And so what happened? So I'm out there trying all kinds of stuff. Reverend Patterson comes. and says, why don't you just unhook the battery and, and hook it back up? He was like AAA, right? And I didn't even pay him for that, right? Praise God. And it worked. And my car started. What were you doing? I was just trying to go to church. Have you ever felt like that sometimes? I'm just trying to go to church. 
How come I have this argument with my wife? God wants you to get past the attitude, get into the promises, and then work God's plan. Because brethren, he had to go down there and all of his uh, army buddies were snickering, saying, look at that big guy. He's, and you know that they were snickering. You know that people at work might be snickering. People in your family might be snickering. Oh, they're going to the hole-in-the-wall church. Yes, but it's not a hole-in-the-wall God. And he went down, the Bible said, and dipped himself down. You know that Jesus Christ, he went down. He came down from the right hand of the Father. He went down, down, down to a place called Bethlehem to be born of a virgin. And then he went to the cross. Then they took him down. And then they put his body in a tomb. And he went down, down all the way into hell. Jesus kept going down. But I'm thankful that after three days and three nights, God began, things began looking up. The Bible said he began to go up. Then the Bible said the tomb couldn't contain him. The Roman soldiers couldn't contain him. And then the Bible said that he was received up into a cloud and out of their sight and sat at the right hand of God. Brethren, it might look like things are going down, but God's plan ends with up. The Bible said when you go down, God will lift you up. Humble yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will do what? Lift you up. He gives grace to the humble brethren. So many times when God works his plan, it yields what? The peaceable fruit of righteousness. You know, God, sometimes it hurts so good. But God's plan is to give us an outcome of a blessing. Amen. And the world's going to hear about it. The plan of God. The Bible says he went and dipped himself seven times. First time, nothing happened. Second time, nothing happened. Third time, nothing happened. You ever do that? I paid my tithe and nothing happened. Something went crazy. I invited someone to church and they threw the card back at me. Now, God says seven times, not one time. We've got to do it the way God wants. You know, sometimes we just, our attitudes never fully clicked in. I'm reading my Bible, but I don't believe it. Yeah, you ain't going to get anything out of it. <laughs> But if you read it and say, God, open something up to me. And God will open that word up to you. And it might be something that you're going to go through that day. I remember reading, we were talking about the Bible. This brother and I, and we were going to church. And when we got to church, they preached about the same thing that we were talking about. And you know what? That When you get the word of God through you, the, the Bible will be richer. The church services will be richer. And you'll be able to have an answer to talk to somebody about. So where do I read? Read all of it. Go all in. Make up in your mind, I'm going to read this thing from cover to cover and find out every promise of God. Find out the plan of God because God said it, not because the preacher said it. I'm going all in. He dipped himself the fifth time and the sixth time. You know, and I wonder if the devil uh, lied to him and said, don't do it. You do it the seventh time. It ain't going to work. And he went down the seventh time. He went all in and he came back up. And that old skin that had that leprosy all over it, the Bible said it was like the skin of a, a little child. He probably chafed it all the way back wearing that armor, right? He needed some baby powder or something like that. Those rosy cheeks. He didn't look like a tough guy, right? But that brand new experience. And the third thing about going all in is we get the peace of God. You know that passes all understanding? 
And when God does it for you, nobody can tell you any different. The Bible said he was clean. If you repent of your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you, the Bible says, of all, all unrighteousness, all sin, all iniquity. God makes us clean. You know that God is still a healing God. God is still a saving God. God is still a a Holy Ghost filling God. Yes, we believe in that because it's in the Bible. But God is a God that gives us peace. What is it? 168 hours in the week? I think it's something like that. I don't have my calculator. Could my math calculator do that? Sister Marlena, you calculate how many hours are in the week. Was it seven times 24? 168? Wow. Two math whizzes, right? Okay, praise God. Well, this is one hour, okay? But preacher, what do I do with the other 167 hours? How do I make it? How do I make it through the temptations? Let me tell you, you go all in to the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Because you see, if God does one thing in your life, he can do another. If God gets you through one battle, and I'll leave you with this. I remember when I was in a job site and being a boy I wanted to scare this dog because I was just a boy and so it was a little dog and I'm bigger than the little dog it was like a little you know mutt but looked like a dachshund or something a little dog and so I walked up to the dog and I lifted up my arms and I went and the dog didn't run the dog came at me with those little teeth and so I ended up running and, and I ran away from the dog and so And so I went back to that dog. I wasn't done yet, right? So I went back to the little dog. And I said, I'm going to get him again. And he started walking away from me, right? And uh, I went back up to him and I went, And he just kind of looked back at me like, chump. Why? Because he wasn't scared of me that first time. And after he beat me once, he wasn't scared of me the next time. Yes, I was bigger. Yes, I had a big roar. But he knew that whatever he had was bigger. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of that fight in the dog, in the man, in the woman, in the teenager. It's the size of that faith in Jesus Christ. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, let's go all in to God's promises. Say, God, I'm just going to take it all the way in and see what God does with it. Let's go all in to his plan, God's plan, the plan of the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all righteousness, the plan of the Holy Ghost to fill us on the inside. And let's go all in to the peace 